All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be chatting with an individual who competes at BKFC 57, which goes down on February the 2nd. We've got Isaac Doolittle knuckling up and towing the line against Jomi Escoboza and great having Jomi on the show. How's your day going so far there, man? Everything's good. Everything's good, you know. Getting, um, got my early training in, um, getting a little work in now, and then before I get some more training in tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this is a huge fight you have coming up here and everything like that. And I'm kind of wondering because, I mean, Isaac Doolittle has a, you know, unique build compared to yours, as was outlined in a recent, you know, BKFC article. Are you finding yourself working with, you know, similar body types to kind of replicate what you're getting into here with Doolittle or maybe not so much? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, like, for example, yesterday, uh, last night, I got some sparring in with a similar build and, you know, just working on controlling my distance. And I'm always, um, no matter who the opponent is, I'm always focusing on implementing my game plan, you know, and just making sure that I, um, you know, I implement my style into the fight and control the fight with, um, you know, my style. But um, at the same time, you know, um, exploiting all my all of my opponent's holes and stuff. So yeah, you know, definitely getting a lot of uh, you know different looks that are similar towards um, you know my opponent, like Isaac Doolittle, just to prepare me for like you know the height and the, the the distance and the control and just being able to strike and stay out of um, you know danger. Yeah, and a lot of other things I want to touch on with this fight, but I feel like I'd be remiss if I, you know, didn't touch on the last one because, I mean, getting fight of the night honors there at BKFC 49 and defeating a, you know, tough contender and, you know, Esteban Rodriguez securing your second BKFC victory there. Obviously far more, you know, bare-knuckle fights, obviously, but what were your overall takeaways from that last fight you had there against Esteban Rodriguez? Yeah, that last fight was tough, you know. My goal is to never get fight of the night, you know, because I don't want my opponents to ever hit me that much. <laughs> so, yeah, <fair. laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a tough war, man. You know, Esteban Rodriguez, you know, he has a, he has a very uh, tough style to deal with. You know, he just comes forward with pressure. And if you're not tough and you don't do the same as him, then you're just going to break. And he's, you know, shown that time and time again. You know, all his wins are all finishes, so it's like he breaks everybody, you know. So to be him, like, you know, I, I had to show, you know, a, a lot of toughness. And not only that, like, I took that fight, you know, short notice at a heavier weight class while I was already cutting weight to fight at 185 pounds. So, you know, I was already in low in weight, you know, getting, you know, close to 185. And then when they told me that that's all they got, you know, I was just like, you know what, forget it, you know, like, whatever. I, like, at that point, you know, I needed to fight. I had been fight for an over a year. So it was a, you know, it was a tough matchup. I just, you know, tried to bulk up as much as possible. Ended up getting, uh, uh, getting myself, like, getting, you know, ended up feeling a lot, very sluggish just because I didn't put on the right, you know, amount of weight or the right, the right type of weight on, you know, that I wanted to. It was more of like water weight and fat than, than actual muscle, you know. And then um, in the first round, I was gassed. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, that fight, like, when I got out of the ring, you know, 
my opponent, um, not my opponent, my coach looked at me. It was like, yo, what do you rate this fight? Or what do you rate your performance? I told him a D, uh, D minus. Like, that shit was horrible because I was gassed in the first round. But, you know, while I'm tired and I'm not, and I'm hitting, you know, I'm hitting uh, Esteban with, with some flesh shots and he's not going down. He's just coming forward and we're just, uh, you know, battling it out, battling it out. And I'm just like, man, I have no power in my punches. Like, normally this this should be knocking people out, being, you know, hitting people this, like hitting somebody this flesh. I should be knocking somebody out by now. And I was just like, damn, man. Like, I literally felt like the cartoons um, when uh, when they throw a punch and, and it's like a fart sound. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's, that's legit how I felt. Like, I was landing flush. I'm like, God damn, this shit, I got no power. Like, I'm gas with sweat. But in my mind, at the same time, I was just like, you got to keep coming forward. You got to keep putting pressure. You can't get your foot off the gas, you know, because this guy, that, that's what he does, man. We can't make it look like, you know, like like he's winning the fire. Can't let him just break me down like he does, you know, all his opponents. So it was just, a, you know, like a pressure battle. Yeah, for sure. A great performance in its own way, but that was partly why I brought it up because I feel like you're at your more, you know, natural weight coming down here for this next one and everything like that. Like, are you feeling that heading into this next one? I mean, you definitely have that prior history of, you know, capturing 185 pound gold, like with BYB Extreme and whatnot. Like, do you feel this is your most optimal weight as you're heading into this next one? Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel so much better. I feel, um, you know, like a lot lighter. You know, I feel like I have a lot more movement. Everything is better. My cardio is a lot better. So it's just, um, you know, just feeling a lot better overall. I'll be able to, you know, have my power and my speed and everything. And then another thing that messed me up, too, is while I was gaining weight for that last fight, I, I wasn't able to run too much because, like, I had uh, some problems with my knee. But thankfully, it's uh, it's gone and, and my knee is good. So this camp, I was able to run a lot and make sure, you know, the cardio is is good and everything but yeah just gaining that weight for the last fight and not being not being um able to run as much uh definitely tied in a, a big factor in the cardio wise so yeah fighting at this way you know it just i feel so much more lighter and and how you call it um yeah just the, the cardio itself it just feel so much better yeah, and you've always struck me as a guy, too. Well, I mean, in one of our past chats, actually, you were talking about your desire for wanting to capture gold across certain companies and just fighting a guy here in Doolittle who previously fought for that interim light heavyweight title and has also ranked pretty favorably, you know, within the top five right now. I would feel like this would be an exciting fight in that sense, just fighting the number three guy in the division, at least in as far as kind of facilitating that goal of eventually getting a BKFC title shot and all. No, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, it's a tough guy, highly ranked. Um, and I believe this matchup was created, you know, to find out who's going to fight for the belt next, probably most likely against Warren. So we both fought against Warren. So, you know, whoever wins, it sets up for a, a pretty nice matchup. In the uh, Not a matchup. Well, a matchup and a rematch because, you know, we both fought him. So and um, it, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good little uh, 
good little way to, you know, to set up uh, the next fight after this. And, um, yeah, man, this fight puts me one step closer to being the first undisputed champion at any weight class in bare knuckle boxing because, you know, you can't really say, I mean, if you want to get technical with it, you know, it's like in boxing, they have four main belts. You know, you win all four of those belts in the weight class, you become undisputed. Bare knuckle boxing, let's be honest, we have BKFC number one, BYB number two, number three, Valor. Valor, is it worth going to chase and get their belt to, you know, call myself undisputed? They haven't put on enough shows, so it's not really, not hasn't, you know, it really has no no value in it. So, you know, coming, uh, already winning the BYB belt and coming over to BKFC, I feel like, you know, that should uh, cement me in the in the history books as the first uh, person, you know, the first two promotional champion at 185 pounds and um and i'm and i've already became the first um bare knuckle boxing champion at 185 pounds so when you ever whenever you know we, we look down the road 20 to 20 years 50 years we say who's the first champion at 185 pounds it, my name will be in the history books and then you know I, we can start the two the first two promotions who, who knows maybe i can I can, you know, uh, find a way to uh, merge all these uh, or, or have some way that these promotions can work together to where, you know, we can do these multiple belt champions and stuff like that, just like how they have it in boxing. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting idea, like some sort of like unified kind of federation almost like just, yeah, like you said, do it how they do it in glove boxing. I mean... A very intriguing notion for sure but you kind of touched on something interesting there like how you relayed your thoughts on how you're seeing the title picture play out so you're ultimately i guess looking at it where i mean i feel like the writing's kind of on the wall here a bit for anyone actively following the scene but you're thinking that lineal light heavyweight champion lorenzo hunt will have the belt stripped or perhaps relinquish it and then maybe the winner of this fight fights jared warren thereafter is that about right how you see it i guess um, I, from from what he said, um, it's, it's looking like he's going to vacate the 85 to chase the heavyweight belt. So, um, so I mean, I mean, I guess that's the, you know, that's the next step in the weight class. If, if that's the case, if you want to find the next champion, I mean, I thought that's, that's like the, the easiest way, uh, to, uh, match it up. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, not overlooking this fight per se, but just one of the last times we talked, you were discussing that Jared Warren fight, and you were almost, I don't know, it seemed like you were looking at it as competitive, but still in a certain sense, you were like, maybe thinking you could have like adapted differently, or maybe, I guess, had a different game plan throughout. So, I mean, I, it would probably create a redemptive sort of thing there, or at least a chance to maybe, you know, get another crack at that, maybe implement a different game plan and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that that fight, like, you know, my biggest uh, thing where I, I critique myself is that I was way too relaxed that fight and didn't have, like, an urgency to, um, you know, to fight in a, a hometown fighter. Because, you know, when you're at somebody else's house, they could just breathe and the whole crowd was crazy. 
and you have to, you know, like put the pressure and you have to, you know, beat the hometown guy. Kind of like how you have to take the belt from the champion. Um, so that fight, I, I didn't fight with any urgency. I was too relaxed, fighting, walking backwards, letting him press forward. Now, I threw more punches, landed more punches, did more damage. But, um, you know, just fighting backwards like that and only throwing single jabs. Like, I threw a couple of left hands, but wasn't even, you know, I didn't really even use my left hand like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I always critique myself on that. And even after the last bell of that fight, I looked down at my left hand. I'm just like, you idiot. Like, look at all the damage you did to this guy's face. And you didn't even use your left hand like what's wrong with you like you know so I was I've been really you know pissed off at myself for that performance and I always look back at that performance and use that as motivation and um and yeah I just can't wait to go out there um you know rematch him and uh and definitely finish the finish the job and not and not fuck around and not you know not be too relaxed not just be you know going through emotion. I have to go in there now After that fight, my biggest thing was just coming forward, controlling the the pace, and just putting pressure, pressure. Control pressure. Yeah, and it is a curious balance in that sense, because talking about the Warren fight, it's like, oh, I could have used my left hand more, like the movement was, you know a big part of the fight, etc. could have, like, forced the issue more in terms of, like, encroaching forward almost. But then we were talking about the last fight, and then it's like, yeah, I don't really want it to be fight of the night because I don't want to be out there getting hit because that's kind of the subtext of what the whole fight of the night thing is. So a bit of a hard game to kind of strike in a certain sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We we always aim to get knockout of the night, you know, performance of the night, but... No, not fight of the night. Just because you know we don't want we don't want to get uh, we don't want our opponent to touch us. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough, man. But something that also is a cool facet of this card, I would think, is just getting ready to you know fight on this card, training alongside you know teammate Bryce Henry. I mean, he's a lightweight and everything, but I imagine just good general vibes in the training room as you guys get ready. Seems like a guy you really put in a high regard understandably definitely a talented individual so can you talk about what it's like getting ready to fight on this card with your teammate Bryce Henry also having a fight lined up for this one? Oh man yeah it's amazing and it's always fun when you're it's always you know the best when you're fighting with teammates because you know you're all grinding for you know to fight on the same night and you know celebrate together and we always you know try to get the craziest finishes together and stuff like that. But yeah, man, Bryce, Bryce Henry, man, <laughs> he's uh, he's the Baba Yaga, man. He's gonna come in and, and destroy everybody. There's nobody that's gonna stop him at 155 and 165. I feel bad for anybody that fights him because they're, they're gonna feel real pain and and suffer real damage. This man's like, he's, he's, he he has the best boxing in BKFC right now. Just, just know that uh, there's going to be a lot of damage to anybody who he fights. He should be fighting for the title after this fight. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the respective... Being able to train with him as well, with his, uh, with his level of technique, man, it's, it's only, like, helped me out so much just because there's nobody in my weight class that has his movement, speed, or, tech, or technique. 
so it's you know it, it definitely slows things down a lot for me when it comes to fighting people my way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely an interesting facet of the whole thing. Just, I mean, you articulated it well there. But yeah, I mean, both of you guys are in interesting positions, just the respective trajectories. I mean, who knows? I mean, by the end of 2024, if you guys have things fall into place, as I imagine you want to, could be in a couple title fights and everything, just based on where both of you are at. So it seems like exciting times for the team and everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. We're, we're definitely planning to come out you know, February 2nd and destroy our opponent, put on two big performances, and then, um, you know, set ourselves up to fight for the belt, hopefully on the same card so we win the belt at the same night and, and just take over our weight classes. That's the goal right now is to, you know, go out there, destroy, get our, our get our um, you know, viral finishes, and then, um, you know, try to try to get those title fights on the same night. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing for sure, man. And we're a little bit out from the holidays now, but I mean, the last Christmas prior to the 2023 holidays, you getting in some boxing action and stuff like that going to Russia with Elvin Brito. Did you have a more low-key Christmas this last time out? What did you get up to? Um, For this for this uh, Christmas night, it was, uh, it was just, you know, just training, getting ready for, because um, like I, I already knew who I was fighting. And um, yeah, just been I just been training because I knew I was gonna fight February second. So we just been grinding and um, not eating too much, not getting too fat, and just you know preparing for war. No, I'd love to hear that, man. And I guess one other thing I wanted to touch on, I admittedly didn't know this. I don't think I touched it on it at least the last time we were chatting. But I was noticed that you're involved in real estate and everything like that. Like, how long has that been going on for you and been an endeavor you've been involved in? Um, for about like a, a year and a half, and it's it's been good. You know, just picking up clients and working with people. Um, I work um, you know, real estate when dealing with buying, selling, leasing all over Florida. Now, I'm based out of South Florida, but I work all over Florida. Working with residential properties, commercial properties, um, land properties, so any basically everything in real estate. If you need any help, you can contact me anytime, and um, I always fight for my clients to get the knockout deals. I love that. I was gonna say, how many people? If is like, is there any crossover? Is there any people that are like, oh, you're Jomi Escoboza? I know you from like BYB and BKFC, or is it like a surprise almost? Like they come to find it a bit later, like, oh, okay, that's another thing you're involved in. Um, so the the good thing is now is that the algorithm is starting to pick up. So like, as soon as you type in my name on Google or something, either um, all my fight stuff comes up, or um, or my real estate comes. Um, stuff comes up so that's a good thing so now when they when they um whenever i'm working with any clients and stuff sometimes they look me up before i can i can even um you know before i can even explain to them i'm a pro fighter they're just like oh my god you're a pro fighter too this is that so it's pretty cool yeah, no, I love that, man. Just thought to touch on it. And yeah, I just kind of noticed that. I, it wasn't so much on my radar the last time that we talked, maybe just slipped through the cracks a touch. But that's cool, man. Yeah, good to hear that you have that other endeavor you're involved in and everything. But I appreciate you coming on the show and making some time, man. It's always good getting your insights ahead of these 
different fights, but just being mindful of your time and schedule the rest of the day. I'm curious if maybe you have a final parting thought you'd like to add as we're sort of wrapping up here, Jomi. Um, no, I just appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time. Appreciate, um, you know, um, the platform that you give us, you know, to come on here and, and talk about our, talk about our lives and, and, you know, the fights and just, you know, prepare for war. February 2nd it is going down for BKFC in Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock Casino. It's going to go down. A lot of fights, stack card, and the last three fights, you know, the co-main event, the co-co-main event is going to be fired. It's going to be fired, man. Big matchups in both weight classes, you know, and expect two two nasty performances. Yeah, I mean, a lot going on at BKFC 57. Very excited for this Isaac Doolittle fight. I definitely think there's a lot of title ramifications for sure, or at the very least, a prominent spot in the division. So very exciting times, and just thanks for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio, man. Looking forward to peeping this fight when it goes down, but until then, you have a good rest of your day, Jomi. Thank you. All right, brother. Take care, man. Be safe. Thanks Thanks for everything. All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual competing at BKFC 57, which goes down on February the 2nd. We have Jomi Escoboza knuckling up and towing the line against Isaac Doolittle, and great getting to have Isaac on Bare Knuckle Radio. How's everything going, man? You having a solid day so far? Oh, yeah, my day just started. Yeah, off to a good solid start then, I guess. But, I mean, interesting matchup here. I mean, I was quite intrigued when it initially came out. Like, in terms of when the bout agreement initially came your way, like, what was the timeline on all of that? Like, when did you initially find out about this Jomi Escoboza fight at BKFC 57? Oh, I'd have to say we found out probably just a little bit before Christmas. Yeah, and I mean, one of the more, you know, experienced guys and whatnot, I mean, he has a certain level of BKFC experience, but collecting some BYB hardware before that and whatnot, I mean, I would imagine this was an opponent that you were acutely aware of when the bout offer came your way, I would think. Yeah, I was, uh, I was looking more at, at Dyer, but I knew he was going to be a possibility, especially with him being 8-1. I don't think, uh, well, there's nobody in our division that's got that pedigree. Uh, I think you know, you'd have to look at either Hunter Palomino to get something that close. It's kind of interesting that you were eyeing the Dyer matchup. Was that just like a matchup that you thought would like present fireworks almost. I mean, obviously it represents upward mobility in the division and everything, but I guess I'm wondering if like maybe some sort of like discourse was happening towards that fight or more just like a bout that you wanted to get locked in if you had your druthers, I guess. I don't know about discourse. I'm not very good at establishing discourse, but he called <laughs> me out when I first started BKSD. After every fight, he'd try to get to fight me, but he, he, He'd make fun of me. He'd, he'd do something. At one point, he, he photoshopped my head onto uh, the Toy Story T-Rex. And I almost, almost put that as my uh, walkout shirt because it was just hilarious. So, finally, he uh, 
he wisened up that that wasn't really working, and I think it was when he knocked out Dakota Cochran, he called me handsome on uh, national TV, and at that point, we had to fight. Yeah, I mean, not to, to detract from this upcoming matchup per se, but I mean, I feel like that would be a matchup that would almost invariably happen, you would think, just in the sense of like both of you guys have been like ranked higher level light heavyweights for a while now. So is that a fight that you could see coming to fruition one day, just like based on the hierarchy and the division and everything? Oh, yeah. I The BKFC hierarchy, I don't put much stock in because... I'm pretty sure they just draw names out of a hat and throw them on the board. <laughs> so I'm here to I'm here to fight. I'm not like most fighters. I don't put terribly much stock in the fighting. I'm here to have a good time to fight. When fighting stops becoming or stops being fun, you're not going to see me in the ring anymore. But until then, you'll see me fighting who I want to fight or who they want me to fight. It doesn't matter. Well, I think anyone who's seen you fight can attest to that. And I mean, even, I mean, you could apply that to your whole BKFC career for sure. But I mean, even especially so with the last fight there against Jake Bostwick, like, I mean, it really comes across that this is something that both of you even, I could extend that sentiment to Bostwick as well, just like very much enjoying the sport, deriving that fun out of it that you were talking about as much as it's like a very physical endeavor. It seems like both of you guys get a lot of, I guess, like creative expression and just enjoyment out of doing that. Was that something that you felt came across in that Bostwick fight there? I mean, that was a barn burner for everyone who checked that out at BKFC 38, but just curious to get your perspective, being that you were one of the participants. Oh yeah, Bostrick was uh, was a really fun one because he didn't bang down. Another uh, you can you can see it from uh, Vespi's photos. Uh, me and Warren were half of the time we're smiling or laughing or I was cracking jokes halfway through and he started cracking jokes the last three uh, rounds. So we're all in there for good fun. Everybody who uh, I don't understand fighters' mentality of they don't belong in the ring with me. They've put just as much work as I have. They've most of them have been at this longer than I have with striking because I was a grappler. Political with every single fight, any opponent, which, I mean, that's like a classic talking point that always exists in fighting. So it seems like you're just very grounded and analytical with every single fight and just, yeah, not really trying to, like, diminish other people's efforts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, good mentality to have, it would seem like. Yeah, because... You can look at it, and everybody's putting in the same amount of work. We're all at the top level. Don't overlook anybody. I, I, that's why I've never understood Mike Perry. He's a, nobody belongs in the same ring with me. I'm the best. No, you're not. There's always somebody bigger, better, and meaner. And I know we were just kind of talking about the light heavyweight hierarchy and more like the rankings in general not really being the most rock solid, which even as a rankings panelist, I definitely have my own frustrations and perceptions with that. But I mean, just to say that it seems like the light heavyweight ranks are in kind of a state of flux in a way at this point, like it seems like the lineal champion Lorenzo Hunt is perhaps looking to maybe pursue heavyweight gold and things of that nature. Like it just seems like there would be a lot going on in the division now, like maybe whereby a new champion would be coming in and some bigger matchups kind of happening. Is that something you pay any attention to or similar to what we were talking about before where it's like fight by fight, I'm doing this to have fun and I don't get preoccupied in the yeah, quote unquote politics of like where the division is, where the title is at, etc. The only extension that I put for the, the 
the ranking system is Jared Warren just won the British title, which means that he's kind of, you know, on everybody's guns, and Dyer has fought him twice. First one was a, was a victory. Second one was almost a victory. Um, but he'll get a third shot because he's done... He's I think he's the only one who's really beaten Warren. I beat Warren on points. I don't really count that. Dyer actually stopped him. So I think Dyer will get a, another shot at that belt. And if I can beat Jomi, that puts me on a shot for the belt for America. And then we can have a British versus American fight with me and Dyer. No, see, I like that idea. It makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, yeah, that would be a great fight and, I mean, a great way to lay it out as you kind of alluded to there but I mean we were talking about just some of the dynamics in your previous fights I feel like this is kind of the story with a lot of these different fights I mean you mentioned the dire t-shirt joke about you having the t-rex arms and stuff like that but I mean I think this upcoming Jomi Escoboza fight is literally the biggest kind of reach deficit you've had quote-unquote I mean like 10 inches less I think was the metric that I saw on the BKFC website there, but, I mean, it seems like you've got the consistent sort of strategy in play. That being said, though, like, just the classic, like, bully them, get in tight, and kind of, like, crowd them. Is that still, like, the predominant idea heading into this fight? Like, how you see it playing out just with, like, that aforementioned reach deficit and all? Oh, yeah. BKFC expounds my reach. Uh, they've had it anywhere from 67 to 69, and a lot of my sparring partners have 65 to 67-inch reach, and they all have longer arms than I do. Mine's <laughs> around 63 to 64. Um, I'm going up against a guy who's got almost 80-inch reach. Uh, that's Jay Jackson had like a 74. Uh, Jared Warren has 77. It's been a consistent theme. And any other strategy is, well, it just doesn't make sense. Let's put it that way. I've had plenty of boxing coaches try to teach me traditional boxing, and I get my face blown apart because, well, I can't hit the other guy. Yeah, I mean, you've definitely, you know, found a way for sure. And we were talking before about just the fun that comes with some of these different fights and just that Bostwick fight as... I mean, a few opponents for sure, like people that have kind of, you know, brought it and brought that exciting style. It seems like with a guy like Jomi Escoboza, as much as he does have that reach and that ability to kind of dictate the range and counter-strike a bit, he also seems like a lankier, kind of rangier guy that also really likes to, like, force the issue and encroach forward at certain points, too. So I guess in that spirit of talking about, you know, fun matchups and stoking your competitive fires in that sense, like... Does Jomi Escoboza really fit that bill? I mean, I think on paper a lot of people see this as something that could very well be fight of the night and all. Oh, yeah. Um, the great thing about fighting and, and bare knuckle and all of it in general is it's kind of like chess. You always have to come up with a different strategy for somebody. It doesn't matter if it's the same strategy with a little bit of, of different uh, details. Jomi presents a big problem because he's got that beautiful jab. He's got that, that ability to angle around. If you look at his footwork, he is a boxer at heart. Um, just by how he steps, by how he shifts, by how he rotates his shoulders. So that's going to be really fun. Um, getting, figuring a way to get in past that jab, past that cross, because he's very clean, he's very crisp with it. Uh, all of his stuff, trying to get past it. It's going to be fun to figure it out. It's going to be a working puzzle on the go. 
And, I mean, it seems like a big card to be on, too. Not that I would think that you would be particularly one way or the other about that necessarily, but, I mean, just a big event with it being that Luis Palomino, Austin Trout card, and it seems like you guys are positioned quite highly on the event. And I guess even just kind of kicking off the year somewhat early with it being February 2nd, I feel like that could also facilitate a pretty active 2024, if that's what you were looking at, too. Hello? Oh, hey, sorry. I don't know what happened there. I was just saying that I would think that a card this big, like the Palomino-Trout fight, and just with it being earlier in the year, I would think that would facilitate a pretty active 2024, if that's what you were looking for. I've given up on activity. Every time that I'm ready to fight, BKFC tells me that I have a fight next month, and it never coalesces. So I don't put much stock in that. That's kind of, I mean... I guess how much you want to pull back the curtain like what do you think the situation is with that because I mean we've done a few interviews over the years ahead of these different fights and I feel like I've mentioned similar ideas different times to you and you've had similar responses like what and I feel like that's kind of like a issue that's affected certain BKFC fighters also just like that lack of activity that they're looking for like what do you think that is from your vantage point is it something you have any understanding of or is it kind of like a nebulous sort of thing and you're just like i'll focus on what's within my control i guess well if you look at it from a purely clinical standpoint it's all about ticket sales people like me people like jared warren we're not going to bring in as much tickets as Mendez, as uh, Alvarez, as Perry. So they're going to try and, and fight their big name fighters that bring in all of the uh, tickets. The thing that sorry, it's you're in you're in promoting to make money, not to not to showcase fighters. So if those fighters can bring in ticket sales, they're going to get more fights. I've never been really a big ticket seller, just A, from the area I've been, B, the places that I, I have been have had more established fighters, so when they're on the card, they get all the ticket sales. So, or And then when, when they're not on the card, I'm usually out of state, and I'm from the Midwest. We're not exactly the richest people. They're not traveling. Yeah, it's just a bummer because, I mean, I, I get it. It's not like I'm being obtuse to it, but, I mean, you're a guy that's had a barn burner every single time you've knuckled up and towed the line. And I mean, past instances of, you know, competing with an ACL and MCL tear. I mean, I don't know. You'd hope that fighters like that would be able to get more consistent bookings, but yeah, not being obtuse to the, I guess, promoter mindset component too. just kind of a bummer because I mean, I feel like a lot of people would want to see, you know, fighters, the caliber of Isaac Doolittle competing consistently throughout the calendar year. And I'm sure there's some other, BKFC fighters that could, you know, get that similar credit as well, too. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people that, that deserve more fights than they get, but uh, bakers can't be choosers, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's what we were kind of talking about before, like, I guess, focusing on just what's with your control. I guess that's something that would behoove you in a situation like that, perhaps. Yeah, I, I feel bad for a lot of the fighters who, who they've invested everything into this. This is their sole identity, and so when they don't get those fights, when they don't, when they're they're stretched out, a this is their their avenue of of money. B that starts to to wear on the psyche. I've got hobbies. I 
yeah, you've always struck me as like a pretty multifaceted kind of guy. Like, what are you getting up to as of late that's particularly getting you excited in terms of just even like business endeavors or just things like hobbies or interests that are outside of fighting that are intriguing you right now? Oh, I work for myself. I, uh, I run a massage uh, business that I build my clientele on. I also do uh, beard and soaps, and then I do custom carpentry and I do construction. There's a whole mess of stuff. Anything that I can do with my hands, I pretty much do. So I make money in a lot of ways. Have you ever gotten like particularly banged up from any of your fights where you couldn't, I guess, as effectively utilize your hands in some of these other outside business endeavors, or has that not really been a hindrance you've found? I mean, with, uh, with I actually hadn't had any, almost any lasting injuries until Richmond and Bostwick. Uh, I messed my hand, my right hand up a little bit on uh, Richmond and made it worse with Bostwick. But with uh, a lot of uh, basically self-induced physical therapy, I've put it back, I've put the bones back into place for the most part. But now, generally, you can either compensate with uh, with something else, like instead of using my fingers, I'll use the, the palm of my hand to work on people. There's always a way around it if you're committed enough. Yeah, I mean, that's a great mentality, but I mean, I'm also talking to a guy who burst his small intestines during like a past smoker kickboxing fight and whatnot and kind of kept trying to find a way. So, I mean, you're a resilient guy, it seems like, but a great mentality for sure, though, man. If you want to do it, do it. There is no excuse. No, it's an awesome message, man. It could very well even be a good sort of parting thought, but just wanted to put the ball in your court to see if maybe there was something that you wanted to mention that hasn't been touched upon as of yet. Just maybe any final parting thought you had as we're sort of wrapping up here, Isaac. No, nothing I can think of. Just, uh, I think, uh, thank my sponsors that have, uh, been supporting me from uh, Get Shit Done Coffee and Unbreakable Strength, Defense Midwest, the, the likes. Yeah, for sure. And just what a great fight. I'm really excited for this Jomi Escoboza throwdown. A great card with BKFC 57 overall, but this fight definitely standing out for February 2nd. And just thanks so much for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio. Isaac, some great insights as always. And looking forward to checking out this fight when it goes down. But until then, you have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.